Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at heartlandcommunity.org. Amen. You guys can grab a seat. Yeah. It's awesome. Jacqueline uh, was leading us in worship. She's one of our interns. Didn't she do a great job back there? Thank you, team. Yeah. Whole team did a great job. We appreciate you guys. You know, a few weeks back, I don't know if you heard a few weeks ago, but Tony was preaching and uh, just did a great job, and he showed a picture of his dog. Do you remember a beautiful dog named Marigold? That's right. And I was sitting right over there, and I remember seeing this dog, and I remember thinking to myself, this guy is brilliant. Like, he is an incredible communicator. He's got this whole crowd right in the palm of his hand. He showed this He still has the whole crowd in the palm of his hand and the microphone too, right? But I'm sitting over there and I'm thinking to myself, wow, what a great communication tool. Like everybody's, oh, and ah, and this beautiful dog. So I thought, how am I going to start this message today? I wanted you to see some different dogs. So check this out. Okay, now I have somebody in the third row saying, that's terrible, but yet other people are ooing and eyeing. But I think it's a different kind of ooing and eyeing, right? Because these dogs aren't exactly beautiful. They've been neglected. They've been abused. They've been malnourished and mistreated. And these are the dogs you see on the commercials, right? When, let's see, is it Sarah McLaughlin or Cheryl Crow? Who is it? Sarah McLaughlin, Cheryl Crow. They're both the same. But they're singing. And like you want to get your wallet out, you want to give money, and if you have a heart at all, it's filled with compassion, right? I mean, my heart hurts when I see dogs like that, because I love dogs. Compassion is a funny thing. In Latin, the word compate means to suffer with. Compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak. Someone else's suffering becomes your suffering. And true compassion should change the way you live. So this morning we're going to look at a story from the Bible where Jesus's heart was filled with compassion. And we're going to see how it should change the way each of us us should live. So let me pray for us and then we'll jump into God's word together. Thanks for being here today. It's a great day. God, we love you and we are so grateful for the opportunity to worship you, to sing praises to your name. And now, God, as we open up your word, I pray that your spirit would lead and guide. God, we, we can't understand your word apart from you teaching us. So I pray that you would be the one who's leading us and teaching us now. And uh, help us to become the kind of people that you've created us to be. Work in our hearts so that we can receive your message today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have a Bible, I invite you to take your Bible out and join me in Matthew chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible, our welcome team is coming to your section right now. You can just kind of raise up your hand, get their attention. They'll make sure you get that Bible as a gift, and you can take that home, put it to good use. Or if you have a smartphone, you can download, all the instructions are here behind me on the screen, the YouVersion app, and you can follow along in there as well. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to today. And if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, there's a table of contents right in the front. I'm going to give you a little uh, historical background information as you're finding Matthew chapter 9. Matthew was a Jew who worked collecting taxes on his own people for the Romans. 
So if you were a Jewish person, you couldn't stand tax collectors because they would gouge you and they would steal your money and they would overcharge you. Uh, Matthew is one of Jesus' 12 closest disciples, what's known as an apostle or one who was sent. And he wrote this account about what Jesus did and said while he was here on earth. Matthew um, is his Greek name, but he also has a Jewish name. Does anybody know what Matthew's Jewish name was? Levi was his Jewish name. So Matthew, Levi, same name. Here's also something very important to keep in mind as we approach April 15th. Matthew is the patron saint of tax collectors and accountants, everybody. How about that? So keep that in mind. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 is where we'll start. Let me read it for us. You can follow along. Here's what the scripture says. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So Jesus is walking from village to village, town to town. He's healing people. And according to the scripture, he is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, what is the good news of the kingdom? What is he proclaiming? And here it is, if you're taking notes. The rule and reign of God is available for everyone, everywhere. This is what Jesus was proclaiming. The kingdom of God isn't just for spiritually elite people. The kingdom of God isn't just for Jewish people. The kingdom of God isn't meant for people who just always have their act together. Jesus was saying that God's rule and God's reign, his kingdom, is available to you, every single one of us. And how do we enter into that kingdom? How do we experience it? By placing our faith in Jesus and by following after him, by living our lives as though Jesus taught us to live in the scriptures. That's how we receive this incredible spiritual freedom, this forgiveness, this hope that the Bible talks about. And that same freedom, that same forgiveness, that same hope is available to us today when we make Jesus the king of our life, when we live under his rule and his reign. So if you're here today and you think, man, there's something missing in my life, I just wish I could find it, and you've tried to fill it with all these other things, I just want to encourage you, give your life to Christ. Make him the king of your life. Because when Jesus becomes your king, he changes everything about your life. Jesus is the answer that you've been looking for. Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords. He's alive today, and he wants to rule and reign in your heart. So would you consider that? Everything else you try will never fill that emptiness like Christ. Now, check out the end of verse 35, kind of the beginning of verse 36, where Jesus says this. He was healing every disease, every sickness, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. If you're an underliner, I would underline that word compassion. It says because they were helpless, they were harassed like sheep without a shepherd. Now, I don't know if we have any shepherds in here. At 8 o'clock service, we had a young man who raised his hand when I said, are there any shepherds in here? And he said that he actually is a shepherd on Minecraft, which I have... <laughs> See, you're laughing. I have no idea what that means. So that's, 
probably even funnier. The closest I ever get to sheep was my wife's sister um, used to keep sheep at her house, and she would use the wool, and she would make yarn from the sheep, and then she would use that to knit and crochet different projects. That's as much as I know about sheep, so I had to do a little research. Do you know why sheep need a shepherd? There's lots of reasons, apparently. Sheep are helpless. They can't defend themselves. They need protection. That's one reason. Secondly, sheep need direction. They follow each other. And this is a little video I found for you just to show you how they follow each other. They can't even make their way through a doorway without getting stuck and not being able to get through. And so then they break through here and they push each other and they break through and then they get stuck again and they can't figure out. So this is why sheep need shepherds, you guys. See, sheep, sheep also need provision. They can't find food and water on their own. So sheep need shepherds. So Matthew says this, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. In other words, he suffered with them. Their heartbreak became his heartbreak, and it moved Jesus. Because they were harassed, they were helpless like sheep, without a shepherd. Now I want you to know this. I pray for that same kind of compassion for people in my life who don't have a shepherd. I want that same compassion that Jesus had for the people in his life who didn't know God. You see, everywhere I look, I see people in our community, in our world, who are spiritually helpless. And they need protection. Because there's a spiritual enemy on the loose who wants to devour them and destroy them. How are they supposed to defend themselves? How are they supposed to feed themselves when they don't have a shepherd to show them God's word and the strength and power of prayer and what it means to live in community? See, that's where we get our provision from. And when they don't have that, they give in to things like addiction. And addiction just eats them up and chews them up and devours them, just like Scripture talks about, or consumerism. So many people just think, if I just buy that next thing, I'll be happy, and it never fills that hole, or busyness. If we just keep ourselves busy enough, that'll satisfy, and, and that doesn't work. And then so apathy sometimes sets in. Ah, I don't care about anything. I've just gone numb. See, this must be a, a small sense of what Jesus felt as he looked out on the crowds that day. And he saw all these people who didn't have a shepherd. They were harassed. They were helpless. And he says this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, if you've been around the church very long, you've probably heard this verse used many times. In fact, it's usually used like this, right? We need more volunteers. We need people to help out around the church. And while that may be true, I don't want to concentrate on the second part of that verse. I want you to look at the first part, the part that we often look past, the part that says the harvest is plentiful. Plentiful. You see, that's what we've been experiencing here at Heartland for the past few years. God's been leading people into this community. He's been rescuing people. We see people giving their lives to Jesus. We see people who've never been to church before find a relationship with God, begin to follow him, get baptized. We see families standing up here like this, dedicating themselves to following after God. The harvest is plentiful, you guys. 
And that's why I'm excited to tell you today that we are launching officially our capital campaign today. Why? What is a capital campaign? It's a way that a congregation raises funds over and above their regular operating budget to meet some incredible needs that they can't meet through their budget. Because we have a heart for our friends and our family that don't know the shepherd. We have compassion for these people. Because when we look at pictures of dogs on the screen and we go, oh, that's, that's so sad. It is sad. But you know what's even more sad? When people with eternal souls who will live on forever don't know the shepherd. They're headed to an eternity without knowing the shepherd. They don't have the protection of a shepherd. And that's why we're asking for your help. Because we love people. We have compassion for people. We want people to make Jesus the king of their life. To live under his rule and reign. And our servant leader team has heard about it. Our staff team is all in. Some of our key leaders have already heard. And I can't wait to share some of these details with you this morning for the very first time. But in this capital campaign, we're calling Vision 2020 a heart for the land. You get it? Heart, land. We took the land part, the L-A-N-D, and we're spelling it out really clearly what we want to do in the next couple of years, what our vision is for this church. The L stands for leadership development. We currently have 11 people serving as interns and residents on our staff team. And they're not only learning about ministry and, uh, and, and learning about themselves, but they're also helping us grow the kingdom. They're learning about growing the kingdom of God. And so we want to expand what we're calling our SEND program, our internship, our residency program. We want to give more and more people the opportunity to, to see if God might be calling them into ministry. We want to send our very first global partners out into the world to serve God wherever he's calling them. This is how we develop leaders, and we're seeing it happen. We're seeing it happen. The A stands for Assets. God's given us 40 beautiful acres that we sit on here. And we partner, I don't know if you know this, with the people just to the west of us who own 30 acres. That's Ohio Guidestone. We've already helped them develop their hiking trails, their fishing ponds, and a few times a year, several times a year, we have kids from Cleveland's central neighborhood, one of the worst areas in Cleveland, come out and join us for a day in the wilderness. We have kids from Union Square come out and just enjoy all of this property that God's given us, and we want to develop it and share the love of Christ with more. See, we want kids to have a chance to play on soccer fields. We want to build some kind of a building back here that we can use for community outreach. We want to be able to host weddings and receptions and the Medina School District. We want to have people in and be able to share the love of Christ with them. We want to build a, an additional entrance and exit so people can get in and out of our parking lot quicker. Because you know how unchurched people think? Unchurched people say to themselves, I'm not going to that church. i got to wait too long in the parking lot. I'm going to the church, right? So we don't want that to be a hang-up. We want to develop this property. We want to use that building we might build someday to host Operation Homes, our partner for the homeless people here in Medina. Like, we're so excited about what God's got for us in the future. Leadership development, assets. The N is for new campuses. All the church growth experts will tell you that the best way to reach unchurched people is by starting new campuses or new churches. I don't know if you realize this, but you need to go and, and take a Sunday and check out what God's doing at our first campus that we just started in October over at 
Williams on the Lake, Drew and Carissa are doing an incredible job with their team over there. There are over 300 people worshiping there any given Sunday, which is incredible. These are people who have, some of them have never been to Heartland Weymouth before. They don't even know anything about this church. They just Googled churches in my area. They live on the southwest side of Medina, and they're going to hear now about the kingdom of God, about Jesus, about his rule and reign. And guess what? Drew Steinhardt, who leads that ministry, who is our campus pastor, used to be an intern with us. Used to be our youth pastor. Now he's a campus pastor. Leadership development, asset development, new campuses, and debt reduction. That's the D. Debt reduction. You see, I understand that there's lots of different ways to look at debt. Some people look at debt and they say, all debt is bad. you just got to get rid of it as quickly as possible. Like, bad, bad, bad. While other people believe you should use debt wisely to grow your organization. When we first built our first building where the kids are at now, we had to take on debt to get in that building. Then we outgrew that because God started sending all of you and we had to build this building and we took on a little more debt. Why? Because we wanted to use debt wisely, pay it off as we could, but use it to reach people. Well, now we've come to a place where we believe it's time to aggressively tackle that debt. Like I've been praying for the last couple of years, $2.8 million worth of debt. God, send somebody along that just can pay it off for us. Because if we were able to do that, you believe God could do that? I do. Like, I really do. If we were able to do that, we'd free up about $20,000 a month that we would use instantly on local and global missions to make an even greater impact in our community and in the world. So L-A-N-D. Now, please, hear my heart on this as your pastor. All of these dreams, all of this vision that we believe God's leading us to over the next couple years are born out of compassion for people. People who are harassed and helpless. People who don't know the shepherd. You guys, I want you to hear this loud and clear. The harvest is plentiful. God is moving. And true compassion changes you. True compassion changes you spiritually and it changes you financially. It helps you give from a generous heart. That's why we're inviting all of you to consider being a part of this. But Melody and I wouldn't ask you to be a part of this if we weren't already committed to it as well. So I'm just going to keep it real uh, and be really honest with you. Melody and I give more than 10% of our income away every year. It's an incredible blessing. We give the majority of it here to Heartland, but we give lots to other places as well. And we're committing over the next two years to give an additional $15,000 to this campaign. I want you to know that we're all in. Like, we're not going to ask you to do something that we aren't prepared to do ourselves. And I want, you, uh, I want to invite you to join us. I want to invite you to consider it. And if you're here today thinking, I don't know if I can do it. Listen, like when you unlock that door of generosity in your heart, God does something in you spiritually. He begins to transform you and change you. Take him up on it. Take the challenge. See if he doesn't show up in your life. But the last thing I want to do is like manipulate or coerce anybody here. Even if you can't give, like you are always still welcome here. But guys, I'll be honest. I believe God is on the move and he's ready to do something super special. I want to invite you to be a part of it. And you know what motivates us? people that don't know the shepherd. Compassion for lost people. Who is that in your life? Do you know someone that doesn't know the shepherd? I want to ask if you do me a favor right now and just bow your heads and close your eyes. And as you do that, 
Could you think of one person that you could pray for right now? One person, maybe it's a family member or a friend who doesn't know Jesus as their king, who isn't living under his rule and reign. One person that you might have compassion for. And could you do me a favor and just pray for them right now? Maybe it's somebody at work or at school. Maybe they're bullying you or persecuting you. Would you pray for that person right now? Because I believe they need to know the shepherd. I believe God wants to change their heart. And he wants to change your heart too. Father, thank you for sending your son. I can't even imagine as he walked from village to village as he saw all these people who didn't know the shepherd and he was filled with compassion for them. God, fill our hearts with that same compassion for lost people. Help us, God, to see people as eternal souls that need to know the shepherd. And we lift all of those names up to you right now. We ask that you use us, use anything, but use us in their life to draw them closer and closer to you. God, this is so not about money. You don't need our money. You need us. You need us to be just sold out for you and following after you. God, I, I can't wait to see what you're going to do in and through this. So God, use us. Be magnified in and through us by the way we live our life. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.